Welcome to Ready to Lead, a show that gives you, the leader, tools, tips, and insights you need to grow your team, your company, and yourself. How the heck do you hold people accountable? Let's break that down because as, as leaders, one of the most difficult things to do is to hold people accountable. And especially as you look into leading from a place of empathy, but accountability, right? How does that work? How does the modern leader drive people and challenge people to get results and hold them accountable to not only what they said they were going to do, but to what the seat that they occupy requires of them? Jeff, that's a big one, man. And I'm going to pitch that over to you. So congratulations. Welcome to the episode. Here you go. Jeff Mask, ladies and gentlemen. Go. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Welcome to leadership, right? Okay, here we go. So here's, here's the good news. This literally is the number one most asked question of leaders over the years. As I've been with been coached, advised all sorts of different companies, all shapes and sizes. Literally, it's how do I hold my team accountable? And typically it comes with a little tone and twinge of frustration and, and a little bit of annoyance with the team. And, and what I've learned is we have to shift the mirror a bit. When we ask that question, very often we're asking from a place of, man, my team, I'm just frustrated with them. And our fingers pointing at them. What we need to do as leaders is turn the mirror and look at ourselves and to say, have I created an environment where clear accountability is the norm? Or are there ambiguities? Are there inconsistencies? Are there miscommunications? 90% plus of accountability issues go away when we can apply this model. I call it the three keys to winning. And I'm a simple dude. So the model rhymes a little bit, so just bear with me, but it'll stick in your mind. Think of these three things. Here are the three keys to winning so that you can get the sustainable results that you're looking for through accountability. Number one, clarity of role. Is their role super clear? Do they know their roles, that the responsibilities of that role? Do they know what success looks like and do they know by when? It seems so elementary, but I'm telling you so often we hire someone and we haven't had that really foundational conversation of here's what you're responsible for. Here's what success looks like. And you paint that picture to where you're both saying the same things. And here's the time frame. Here's a quick story. I had been leading for a while and had known these three keys and kind of applied them in, in different leadership roles. And I hired this director who had lots of seasoned experience, great, great individual. And we nailed the, the role, got super clear, got clear on success. And we went away and it was great. And Things were going, but as the quarter progressed, I was feeling less and less excited. And he was feeling more and more excited and feeling like things were going great. And I was like, ah, I'm not feeling so good. So we kind of had to talk about two and a half months into it. And I said, hey, how are you feeling overall? And he's just on fire. Oh, I feel great with this and this. And I was like, but dude, we're, we're like two weeks away from the quarter and we haven't even come close to that. Guess what this leader, I'm pointing to myself, forgot to do. I got really clear on the role and the expectations of what that looked like. I got really clear on what success looked like. Guess what I forgot? The time frame. I didn't specify this was quarterly success. He, in his mind, thought it was annual. And no wonder why we were off. 
And when I was frustrated, again, what did I have to do? Look in the mirror and go, don't. So that's number one, clarity of role. Number two, clarity as a whole. What do I mean by that? Not whole as in falling in, into a hole in, the, in that whole like all together, the team. How do we work together? How do we toss the baton or pass the baton back and forth intra-departmentally and interdepartmentally? When people knows when people know, wow, I can't even talk. When people know who's doing what, it's much more clear, unlike my language right now. But so, so clarity is a role, then clarity is a whole, where we know how we operate together within our own department and cross-functionally. That avoids all sorts of problems and all sorts of finger pointing. See, when that isn't clear, when we when we're when we don't define when do we hand off that baton, who owns what and when then there's all sorts of ambiguity and gray areas, which then gets us to the last clarity, and that's clarity of goals, where you have clear milestones, clear rewards if necessary, and just clarity of what ultimately that success looks like. So again, the review, clarity of the role, clarity of, of the whole, and clarity of the goal. When those three things are clear, then we get to a place of accountability that's super easy as a leader to be able to have the accountability conversations. But see, they get difficult when we haven't done the groundwork to create that clarity. And then there's all sorts of squishiness, there are all, all sorts of interpretations and misinterpretations. And then it's a matter of who's right versus having done the set the foundation together with a teammate to where you're both literally on the same page describing what success looks like and don't make the mistake I made of defining the time frame of said success so that you can have that, that level of accountability. Think of it like this. I love this analogy of a four by four relay team. If you think of what success looks like with that team, they know what they need to do. They've got the goals super clear. They've got the milestones super clear. When it comes to their particular role, whether you're, whether you're the starter or whether you're the anchor, whether you're the lead runner or the anchor, you know what you need to be doing. And then that's the clarity of the role, then clarity as a whole, you know when you pass that baton off, literally in this example, you know where your time frame is, you know exactly what that needs to look like, and you know you want that gold medal, right? That I love that analogy. And if you think of your teams similarly, you're going to just foster a really clear, natural environment of accountability. And it's gonna no longer be an awkward finger pointing game it's going to be more about everyone looking in the mirror and saying, have I held true to my word of what I said I would do based on the clarity that we set in these three keys of winning? Yeah. So Jeff, I, I, I love that. And I'll tell you the one thing for me, as I'm hearing that, I know you, when you're, when you're talking about it, you're talking about it from the individual contributor up as that founder, as that entrepreneur, as that, you know, leader of the leadership team, I think about it the other way, right? I hear it. Let's, let's flip it and say, let's think about it from clarity of, of goal, whole and role. But, but really, especially that founder, especially that entrepreneur, especially that person that's been there and they remember what it was when it was one person, three people, five people, where communication, clarity, and just general knowledge of not only what we were doing, why we were doing it, how the business model worked was easy because everyone sat in the same room, whether that was literally sitting in the same room if you were all together, or everyone was just involved in, in everything. If you were there, and especially if you were driving that, the assumption that that, that continues even though the team deepens and widens 
um, is, is that logical lie, right? It's that logical lie that makes you believe that, well, if I know, everyone knows, because that's how it used to be. That's not it. That's not it at all. I can't tell you how many times I've been like, this person, man, they just, they are not doing what they're supposed to be doing. And, and it just, it, I'll be honest, it pisses me off that they're so happy. Like, look at them walking around just all happy. It's, it's a less Disney version of the story Jeff just told. And, and look, if you're honest, I'll say it. You've felt it. It's fine. When you, as long as the action that you take is, is diving a little bit deeper. I can't tell you how many times that, that I've gone to people and just asked them, like, what is, like, how does your role or how does your team contribute to our overall model? Like, people need to understand not only what you do, who you serve, but the, the business model or the value creation as a whole. Like, if people don't understand how your company succeeds from a business model, if they don't understand the value that you produce, then they can't possibly understand how their team or their org contributes to that value. If they don't understand how their team or their org contributes to that value, how the heck do they understand how their individual role does it? And if they know what they're supposed to do, but they don't know why, then, you're, then you might as well hire robots. Because the robot will continue to do that one thing even after it stops working. So will the employee that doesn't understand why the hell you're asking them to do what you've, what, what you've told them to do. They're going to be a taskmaster at best. Only they're not a robot. So they're not always going to do it great. But they're not a robot, right? They're not. They're, they're flesh and blood, but they're also human. They also learn. They're very smart. If they understand the why then you're not just having someone take remedial tasks or things that you don't want to do or a process that used to work that you figured out three years ago. They understand the why. They understand the goal. Then they can come back to you and say, this isn't working. This isn't working and I researched it. I think this is what we should try. If people don't understand these things, not only can you not hold them accountable, you have to understand, you have to hold you accountable because it's your fault that they're not contributing because they don't understand what the heck they're supposed to do. I have been that boss that focused so much on, are you doing your job? Are you doing what you're supposed to do? Let me see your, are, are these tasks happening? And, and at the end of the day, they were, right? It was me that, that I needed to hold accountable. It was, it, I need to hold myself accountable to making sure that everyone understood what we do as a company, why we do it, who we serve, what success looks like. And when they can look at me and say, I'm doing the stuff that, that used to work and it's not working, what do I do? The next step is, after I, I, I or the person leading them helps them through that, the next progression of that is, I'm doing what used to work and it's no longer working, here's what I think we ought to do. But if they never understand the goal, if they only understand the task, or at least the part of the task that they're supposed to do, you'll never get to that, that, that point. That, and you'll never grow an employee. So accountability starts with you and accountability starts in, in clarity. So if there is clarity, if there is clarity in the goals of the company, the role or whole of the team and the role of the individual, and they're not doing it, now that's a different story. Let's so go to that story real fast. Let's go there, Jeff. Like <laughs> we, we talked a little bit about the accountability of us as the leader to, to give clarity, right? But let's yep. say we've done it, man, because yeah. while every failure is a failure of leadership, Employees fail too, yep. right? Yep. Individuals Definitely. fail too. And sure. where we can double down and compound that failure is when we fail to hold them accountable. And we think of accountability as discipline, but I don't think of it like that. I think that's one of the mindsets that has, has to change. So totally. 
How do, when someone is not doing their role, they're not owning it, they're not, whether it's the activities or, or the effort or the results, how do we hold that person accountable? And what's the goal of that accountability? Well, let's talk about that. Yeah, love it. So yeah, so great table stakes. We've got clarity of the role. We've got clarity as a whole. We've got clarity of the goals. And beyond that, how do I hold them accountable even after that? First, it's understanding the kindness counterfeit. What happens in leadership very commonly is this. The person knows they haven't followed through the, the way they said they would. The leader is going to communicate with that person to have that quote unquote accountability conversation. And what happens is the leader tries to be kind and doesn't quite get to the level of clarity that's needed because they're trying to be kind, counterfeit. What they're really trying to do is they're trying to maintain likability. They need to be liked. What we all are as adults is adolescents in big people's bodies. We're still, we all have our insecurities. And, and I find that 80% of leaders have the issue with, I just still kind of need to be liked, so I'm not going to go there. But interestingly, that ambiguity is the antithesis of kindness. Clarity is kindness. And, and when we show clarity through, through this way of communicating, that's the true kindness. So it's understanding and recognizing when we do have the accountability conversation, that dancing around it, that being ambiguous, that sort of kind of addressing it, that saying what we think we're saying, but we're just kind of cushioning it is not helping anybody. And really what we're trying to do is serve ourselves. It's selfish leadership. That's the powerful recognition that I've had that I realized, oh, I'm trying to be kind, but really I just care about myself. I just want them to like me. And so I'm not going to have that hard conversation. I'm not going to have the accountability conversation the way I probably should, because I need them to be on my side so that when I need to ask for help, they'll be willing and able to do it or whatever we tell ourselves, whatever story is there. When the reality is the kindness is all about clarity to say, hey, do you remember we talked about clarity of role and goal and, and, and as the whole here? And on this definition of success, from my perspective, I don't see that's happening. Do you see it in, in a different way? And very often they'll maybe roundabout and then you could push them and say, but did we get to that result by this time the way that we agreed? No. Okay, so what happened? See, if I just let that slide, then we just have a culture like, eh, no big deal. It's all good, but we're all better than that. I know you're better than that. I, you, I know you can do it. And you can see them for who they can become versus who they are. And when you speak to them for who they can become versus who they are, that gives you the courage to be clear and to be kind with accountability versus dodging it versus kind of putting all sorts of soft words around it. Kindness isn't about being weak. Kindness is about being super direct and loving in a way that they know you care about them because you're pushing them to the next level versus letting them stay and squander in a place of mediocrity and apathy. Ain't nobody going to win in that game. But see, we have to get over our own, our own ego to be able to say, they may not like me in the moment, but through kindness and through care for the individual, I'm going to have this conversation because I have that foundation with them so that we get to that level of accountability. Otherwise, we just tolerate all sorts of problems. And, and what we tolerate is way louder than what we preach. I, I just heard what I heard. 
right? What I heard you say is that we don't hold people accountable because of pain avoidance. We don't want the pain of being not liked. We don't want the pain of having a difficult conversation. But I'll tell you, as is so often the case in life, when we're trying to avoid pain, it usually is the catalyst for creation of much deeper pain. So what happens if you tolerate mediocrity, if you tolerate missing goals, if you tolerate an employee not doing the things that they committed to doing and not being the, the person that they want to be like professionally, then you're, I mean, it, it's hard to have that conversation. It's probably harder to fire them. If you're selfishly avoiding pain now, you're not avoiding pain. You're pushing it off because you know what bad bosses do? They don't set expectations. They don't set clear expectations. They don't hold people accountable to doing them. And then one day when they are so resentful of that employee not doing the thing they never told them they needed to do or held them accountable to doing, they fire them. And that person goes home to somebody. That person goes home to somebody and they're like, I swear, I don't know what happened. I thought everything was going fine. This came out of the blue. That's your fault. So not only did that happen because of pain avoidance on your time, that pain of firing that person, like you're going to be up that night and you're going to know whether you admit it to yourself or not that you failed that person. I've done it. I know that pain. I know where it leads you. Like all, all we're doing is trying to avoid the pain of, of making someone feel bad. But the compounding effect of that is terminating someone and making them have that conversation. You know, how bad do you think they feel then? How bad do you think you feel? And then that person's walking home and telling their family, I, don't, I didn't see this coming. I don't know where it came from. I, no one ever told me I was doing a bad job. So here's, here's the thing. When you go back to those, those anchors, right? Those clarity anchors, role, whole, goal. I see these as, I, I see like job descriptions and, and KRAs or accountability bullets or whatever you want to call them, right? That's the inanimate object that we can point back to that we both agreed to. So for me, I'll walk you through how I have the conversation. Now let's, let's pretend Jeff works for me. I, I pretend this a lot when I yell at him at night. So let's pretend that Jeff works for me and, and, and he's just not, He's not hitting those, those goals that his chair, that his seat, that his, his role requires him to hit. But we've agreed on it. That conversation goes, hey, Jeff, look, let's have a, a quick chat, right? Um, I want to pull over your accountability bullets. And, and here are the things that we agreed when we both signed this piece of paper that you were going to, to do. Like these are the areas that you were going to own. These are the ways that we were going to track the success of those. Now, I, have you, I, I'm guessing you look at these and you know, I'm, I'm guessing this isn't a surprise to you. The metrics aren't there. Like we're not having success. Now I'm going to assume that that's because either something's not working or you don't have the resources you need, but let's start there. Like, do you have everything you need to fill this role to achieve these goals? If yes, then let's talk about why it's not happening. If no, let's talk about what's keeping you from doing them and starting from a place of, 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 Anchoring back to something we both agreed to and then leading with the benefit of the doubt is a way to have a, a difficult conversation from a place of humility. Because you know what? Maybe you're wrong. Right. Maybe you didn't do a good job at clarity. Maybe you're looking at inaccurate data. Maybe they're doing someone else's job. Maybe they think they're supposed to be doing those jobs. Like so many times as leaders, we get upset, angry at people when what we ought to be is curious. Yeah. Curious and you know, leading the, with that. This, 
humility and curiosity. Gosh, that's what I, I hope I, I hope you can learn to do. It takes the sting out of accountability. Totally. I love I get so fired up about this. I, I, you, like you nailed something right from the beginning. When we come from a place of humility and self-awareness versus you're wrong and you're off, notice the nuance of how you teed up that conversation. What if we approach the conversation of, with these words, I need to talk to you about versus I want to talk with you about. See, just that subtle nuance and language, there's a connotation of togetherness and openness and humility versus discipline and arrogance and me looking down. I need to talk to you. When they hear two, we go back to kid mode of like, oh no, my parents are mad. Yeah, you might as well use and my defensiveness full name. Is up. Yeah, right. Exactly, right? <laughs> <laughs> but hey, I want to talk with you about curiosity, care, humility. That doesn't mean we're dodging it. But the energy from which we approach that conversation is so different. And then it's a collaborative conversation where there's really good give and take versus being talked to and talked at. Yeah. And, and now, I'm, and now listen, I'm getting in trouble. You never know what's going on, right? Like we try to have this separation of, of personal and professional life and that just doesn't exist. It didn't exist pre-pandemic and it definitely doesn't exist uh, post. And, and again, I say post meaning we're on, you know, not saying it's over. Post-ish. Don't, don't dig too much in that. Post-ish, <laughs> right? Um, in 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 our new normal, separation of, of personal and professional, those lines have been blurred more than ever. So you know what? Maybe someone is uh, knowingly falling shy of doing their, their their job. Maybe they know it. And maybe the, the guilt and burden of that is, is incredible. And maybe the reason to that is there's some heavy stuff going on at home. And I'm not saying that that excuses it, but I'm saying that that excuses it for a little while. Right, that excuses it for a little while, but only if you know it's going on and you reset those expectations. And and if you lead into that conversation for the first time, now now if it's the second time, same conversation, same person, a little different. But that first time you have that conversation, if you lead into that with 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 curiosity, with humility, and you find out that maybe there's something going on at home, right? Maybe it's maybe it's really heavy. Maybe that person knows. I know I'm not doing this. I know I'm not showing up. I want to show up. I haven't known how to come and talk to you about this. But man, here's what's going on with my marriage, with my parents, with my children. Maybe it's, you know, look, my dog, who has been the the closest thing to family and best friend I've ever had. And my dog passed away. That's that's tough. The spectrum of what could be going on is tough, right? Maybe they're supporting a, a, a loved one. Maybe they're walking with someone who's walking with something pretty heavy right now. This is a time for you to be able to show grace, but also to, to, to model what you would want. Like if that were the case for Jeff, I'd say, man, Jeff, first of all, I'm very sorry to hear that. And I want to figure out how I can help. And in some cases I can help personally. And in some cases we can help organizationally. But what we're going to need to figure out is how do we communicate this to your team members in a way that's appropriate so that they know that they're going to need to pick up the slack a little bit because this stuff still needs to get done. Doesn't mean that you don't need to walk through this difficult time in your life, but we have to be in alignment and, and we'll pick up the slack, but you can't lose trust organizationally. I can't lose it as a leader by letting you continue to not hit these results. What that models to your peers and the rest of this organization is, is dangerous you can't lose it with your peers because once trust is gone, 
resentment builds in, it's tough to build back. But if we don't have these conversations coming from a place of humility and curiosity, but anchoring back to something we both agreed to, if we both right. agreed to this, this is not me coming down on you. It's saying like, let's remember the, let's, let's remember the commitment, the agreement that we made together. That's a powerful way to have that. And, and again, if it's that first time leading with curiosity and humility, maybe they go, man, I'll be honest. I haven't looked at my job description in a year. I totally got it in my head that I was supposed to be doing this. And that's what I've been doing. And if you look at that, I was excited because I thought these were the metrics that I was being measured by. And if you look at those, those are pretty good. Now I'm a little embarrassed because those aren't the metrics I'm measured by. Those are someone else's metrics. So I'll own that and let's get back on track. There are so many options that you have to correct this behavior and get people back in on track if you lead with that curiosity and humility. But if you go in guns like you can always go nuclear, you can always go there if that's your thing, like you can always do it. You can't undo it once it's been done. So if you're if the goal is alignment, when the company hits its goals, you hit yours, then you're entering into a, an accountability conversation knowing that it's good for both parties. If you haven't created that clarity and alignment, and if you lead in guns blazing, then you're a dictator, right? <laughs> then you're a bad boss. And, and we've all been a bad boss. If you've ever led people, you've been a bad boss. If you don't believe that, then you probably shouldn't listen to any more episodes of this show. <laughs> but this is how you solve that. This is how you lead with, with curiosity and humility. But that leads to accountability. I love this. This is something that Jeff hammered in. In, into me and held me accountable to doing. I know this is a big topic. I know this is scary, but I also know you can do it. And I also know that the reason we led with mindset in that foundational episode was having the mindset of how you think about accountability is the difference between you avoiding it or you leaning into it and knowing that accountability is love, right? Accountability is, is, is caring. Accountability is however you need to think about that, but it's what's best for the organization. It's what's best for the team. And I'll tell you, it's what's best for you. Yeah. So uh, I love it. That's all accountability I have to say about is love. That. Yeah, that's a hashtag right there. <laughs> accountability is love for real. So thank you for listening to this. Let's apply this. We want to encourage you to take action, to model, to, to implement, and then let us know how it's going. Don't just listen and then move on. If you're running, if you're if you're driving, whatever you're doing, take action, write a note, do something that's applicable in this, in this realm and let us know how the more that we take action together, the more that we'll grow and become more and more ready to lead every day, every, every week, every month, because man, we all need to be more ready and we can all do better by applying and taking action. That's right. Uh, all right, well, let's, let's get ready to lead. Let's, let's hold people accountable because we know it's what's right. Let's stop avoiding the pain and let's do this again. We'll talk to you next week. Love it. See you later. Thanks for listening to the Ready to Lead show. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a rating on your favorite podcast platform. And if you want to stay updated on the release of new episodes, be sure to hit that follow button. And Jeff and Richard, they want to hear from you. If there's an episode topic you'd like to hear them dive into, or something about today's episode that was a big breakthrough, or maybe even something you disagree with, they want to know. Send them an email at feedback at readytolead.com. Thanks again for tuning into this episode. We'll see you on the next one.